0: The Press Box is here to catch you up on the latest media stories. Hosted by Brian Curtis and David Shoemaker, these guys have the insight on the biggest stories you care about. Check out The Press Box on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Lisa Kwanga. I'm Ryan Hunt. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm right, thanks, man. How are you? <laughs> Croaking. <laughs> uh, help! Ah, help!
2: Ah, 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 well, <coughs> help. same here, same here. Look help. at the pair of us.
1: Pair I'm trying us to the Champions fans.
2: League semi-final. It's the 11th of May and we still have a month of the season left. Help!
1: <laughs> help! <laughs> how are you, though? How are you?
2: Yeah, I'm all right. thanks,
1: man. Oh. How are you? Um, <laughs> I about to croak again. I am good. I'm good. Um, just here in the UK teaching. I think maybe I'm croaking because I don't want to fit so much in. There's so much stuff, you know, like when you're back in the UK, obviously it's great because the work I do is is always fun because you come back and you choose stuff that's fun and you're always seeing people at their best because, you know, everyone's happy. And Bob did a mate the other day who he had his, they've had the, him and his wife had their third child um, during the lockdown. Uh, it's difficult, but now they've come through okay and all of that. And it's just, This just fitting so much in, you know what I mean. mean. So every day you look at the kind of calendar, and it's like, wow, like everything's full. So I think, just feeling a bit of that. You
2: know what they say, man. You know, do something you love, and you never work a day in your life.
1: That's true. It's true.
2: Do you know what? It's not true because Stadio is evidence that that is not true.
1: It's never working to see you, Ryan. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) One of those. Let's get out of here quick. (laughs) <laughs> write, yeah let's move this along quick let's move this along quick <laughs> uh, we're just
2: we're just going to talk about the other Champions League semi-final first <laughs> leg <laughs> 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 the, the Davi Della Vandanina, usual admin same as yesterday mm. Stadio Writers House yes. uh, we've got
1: a fun Writers House coming up on Friday actually yes oh my god I can't wait to do that I oh. can't talk about <laughs> it but oh my god absolute Ooh. belter listen humdinger <laughs> you will be in the studio with Ian can't wait can't wait
2: and go and check Canterpressed. All this good stuff on the ringer. Um, some great stuff around the NBA playoffs at the moment as
1: well. Oh my I'm goodness. I'm going to
2: dedicate our playout tune to uh, the Lakers Warriors series.
1: <sighs> NBA playoffs right now are just absolutely cooking, man. They're sensational.
2: Well, we need to talk about some people who are cooking after this. <laughs> oh, yes. Milan nil, Inter 2. Inter yes. were absolutely cooking,
1: especially in that first half. Well, th- we, actually, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Yes. <laughs> well, well, let's get into it. Go on. Okay, so um, <clears throat> what I was... You know, when you move to a New City, the hardest thing, actually, especially a city like Berlin, is the Flat Hunt, right? Yeah. And that is really, I mean, you know, it's... Even right there,
2: to be honest, in Berlin at the moment, not even a new
1: city when you've lived there a while. Inter, basically, you know, like in the Flat Hunt, you, you don't normally fight until you're settled. Inter nailed the flat hunt before they were settled in this game. Like, they nailed... It, I, I can't... Because they were... They were yeah, like, let's get... So actually, Listen, when, with
2: this today, and the, if you come straight in, you, you're back-to-back to, back to where the Camavinga wine that ended the show. <laughs> and then Inter on the flat hunt at the beginning of the show.
1: They are. They're on the flat hunt. And they, they found the first flat they viewed. Like, actually, if you look at the passing, if you look at the passing combinations, the passing combinations from Inter before the first goal in particular, Mm. a lot of the passes are going astray Ryan like yeah. a lot of them are going astray cross your passes one two simple stuff going out of touch like, what's but the happening? intent was
2: there it, I was, thought uh, from the jump always,
1: uh, totally totally completely agree the thing was this right so the intensity is what got them there because almost the way they got the corner um, for the first goal beautiful yeah. goal by the way which actually almost was a metaphor for the difference in experience and quality at the start of the game it was almost like rugby and you know, only kick for touch and get an advantage out of the pitch and you, they almost like they got the possession. They got the, um, even though the passing wasn't as fluent as it could be or fluid as it was later. They still had the intensity to keep making ground. They advanced ground. They got the corner. They ground it out almost, and then mm. the goal from Jako just to be summed up the difference. Oh. It just summed up the difference in where these two teams were at that point. The the experience and the strength of Jako, like sort of like a Bosnian Alan Shearer, just <laughs> all over Calabria just held him like.
2: Yeah, Calabria didn't look like he was having a great time.
1: Dude, he pushed him aside like a shower curtain. Like, and just, just that strength, and then the volley, the controlled volley. And then Mike Magnon, when he made his first save of the game, and by then it was already 2 0, he mm. was almost like, Thank you for giving me something I could actually save. Because oh. Mayon was a brilliant shot stopper the entire, se- the entire uh, yeah. season. We love money, Mike. And nothing was really, like, even, let's for example, the second goal, so like a few seconds, a few, a few minutes later. DeMarco, who's been brilliant the last um, few weeks, cutting down the wing, hits the ball square and then just, it wasn't really intended for, um, for Mkhitaryan actually, I think it was for Lautaro, but and making that run, that incredible... It was it Barella who dummied it? I'm not sure if was, I'm not sure if it was a dummy or, or if he didn't get it. He definitely it. got
2: a call, I think. No, I think that was a call. That's interesting. I was watching it again, it looked like there was a call because um, is running onto it. His Whereas first I touch think, was... Oh, it might have been Chalanolu actually. I think it was Chalanoly who, who... There was a kind call. Of Stationary.
1: The first touch was gorgeous to take mm. that into the box, and then he punched it high into the net. And at that point, Inter actually hadn't settled into a really, really fluid passing rhythm. But what they had done was they created this incredible defensive screen to the, to the extent that Milan didn't get a shot on target of well of any variety for the first half hour in it a was Champions League. When that, league. Sta- when that, that came incredible. up,
2: and it was like seven and five for
1: Inter, right? And then none for Milan. None, none for Milan. So yeah, that's where the kind of game obviously was won the first, I was even half hour when Inter established that dominance and then just kind of... There were a couple of moments from Milan where they pushed back very well, but fundamentally, they just had the upper hand from that stage. How did, how did you see
2: it? I, th- I mean, yeah, not too different. I think <clears throat> if, you, if you hadn't watched the game and you look at the stats and stuff afterwards, it, it, you might think, oh, well, you know, Milan were in it and they had more of the ball and stuff, I think, in the second half. Mm, this is a prime half. example of of or after the 2-0 no, actually I think Inter was so superior in that first mm, half yes that this was a prime example of um, of of a team kind of controlling the game but without needing the ball
1: yeah 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 yeah.
2: because yeah. Inter just Inter could have hurt Milan a couple of times in the second half as well when they when they um, when they got chances and bringing on Lukaku who I thought was pretty decent when he came on actually
1: I thought it was really good
2: um, yeah they obviously had the penalty that got overturned, and rightly so. I don't think it was a penalty at all. To be honest, it didn't look a penalty in real time. I couldn't figure out like the referee was two or three yards away from it, and from just watching on TV, the, that that angle, the initial angle that it happened on TV was the was the angle where it looked most like a penalty, and even then, it didn't look like the a. penalty. The
1: decision I thought was actually stranger was the Tonali. Fain to get a free kick into the box after that run where he beats like three players. Yeah. I thought that was a free kick. Like, more yeah. of a free kick male was a penalty. So, and he, he waved that off. Whereas the Lautaro thing, he was like, that's definitely a penalty. I'm like, dude, like... I know. Anyway, it is what it is. You know.
2: um, but I think there are a couple of key factors, I think, at the, um...
1: uh, Raphael Liao.
2: Yeah. Raphael yeah. Liao yeah, missing,
1: yeah. I we mean, have to, what did yeah. Put,
2: uh, Pioli said before the game he's either going to be in the starting 11 or in the stands because he's not risking him for the bench. Mm. Failed at a late fitness test. And it was interesting to see, um, there's actually a good piece on The Athletic that Seb stafford Plore and a couple of other people wrote about the game. Mm. Um, Also, James Horncastle's piece around the game is brilliant.
1: Oh, that man. James Horncastle.
2: Um, What a writer. But they made an interesting point and one I agree with about not switching shape with the absence of Liao. Mm. Because they have done it before. They did it for the Napoli tie. They've done it at various points this season. Pioli has switched his system and his shape to accommodate um, absences. Hmm. And I think just throwing in Salamakers there for for Liao on that left-hand side. I, I mean, to be honest, I actually think Salamaker's played okay. But it's he's a very, very different type of player. And I wonder whether maybe Milan lost a little bit of... Without because, question...
1: <laughs> Well, actually, it's funny you mention that because there's a moment uh, Salamakas makes this run and Dumfries does a beautiful piece of defending mm-hmm. on him. Uh, he gets his way into the box, I think beats one man and then Dumfries just watches every fake he throws and then just, it's almost like it's one of those ones where you sort of, someone picks his pocket as he runs past. It was brilliant defending and I thought to myself, Liao, I think about Liao, rather like someone like Vinicius or they they do get to the byline. Mm. And they stretch the play in a way that Salamakers well, well not even to criticize is but very few other players in the world can do what Liao does. And I think if you yeah. lose someone like that, you have to reconfigure. Because yeah. if you don't, then you invite the whole the, the whole reason the the Liao system works in Milan is because he invites such politics of pressure that he takes pressure from other areas. Yeah, creates space without,
2: for others, yeah. And without We're, Liao there, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry, to your point. because Lamar, I think Salamakas he, he likes to kind of wriggle down the middle. Mm, yeah, there is something. he wriggled down, down think, the middle. Who do I think I am? Daniel Sturridge. <laughs> <laughs> <So anyway>. <laughs> killy, Killy. <laughs> Salamakas wriggle down the middle. ha ha ha. But what I put in the writer's house group, have you ever seen anyone who dribbles exactly like their name would be? <laughs> yes. Guess? Do you know what I mean? Because it's just like that was low, incredible. low socks. He looks like when he's dribbling, he's kind of just saying his name over and over again. Salamakas. <laughs> Every time he goes past somebody, he just goes, Salamakas. Salamakas. Salamakas,
1: Salamakas, Salamakas. Salamakas, Salamakas. 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 It's funny. One day they'll mic him up and they'll realise that's what he's been doing for the years.
2: But no, I just think it 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 creates a little bit more... I wouldn't say people getting on each other's toes, but Liao's ability to just make the pitch look much bigger. Yes. Yes. It isn't really there when you have Salamakis in that position. So I wonder whether if Pioli could have a do-over, or actually it's going to be interesting to see what he does in the second leg, because I feel like if, well, I mean, Liao might be back for that second leg. Mm. Um, Which if he is, it could be a smart, it could end up being quite a smart.
1: Well, it just felt like a parallel with uh, Napoli missing, missing Ossimen in the last game and they went to the kind of false nine and the danger is when you miss an Osimen, you have to like again reconfigure they didn't quite do that and they invited that pressure crucially from, from Milan and Milan in this game obviously suffering from the same thing and just you need to protect the defence better which has been good in recent games mm. but the gaps they left I mean you could say the Calabria you know Dzeko goal was a matchup problem and Dzeko is always going to win matchup like that with this with the strength and the size you know these things happen but then you look at the the second goal and you see a pattern developing spaces gaps in a game of that magnitude exactly yeah. and Milan had done so well this is the sad thing for Milan fans you know they'd done so well to turn around the season from the really difficult period they'd had where there was they were questioning Pioli um, and Pioli obviously has a great record with Milan but a difficult couple of months They'd done so well, Milan, to reconfigure, and then it was such a shame to see that happen to them in such an important game. To lose the discipline they've managed to build back—that was a real shame for them. I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, they could have been—they could have been 3 0 down because uh, Borella hit the post on, um, in with uh, uh, Ch- an.
1: Well. I think.
2: Yeah, sorry, Chalalulu hit in the post, and he did—he did that amazing little jump as well. Where do you think it's in?
1: Yes, um, he hit it so clean. Oh, yeah. So actually, can I say this as well? Because um, obviously, like Milan had some shortcomings. But just in terms of highlighting some players did really well, I thought Sandro Tonali was really impressive, actually. It was
2: really good. He hit the post as well in the second half.
1: I think he was at the core of really their best work. Um, Love his dribbling style. So he had a strong first half. Second half even better. Started that well. Hit the post and hit this gorgeous ball into the channel. Um, It's an inside right channel. There was, um, sorry, a bit of an anorak here. But when Iniesta comes on in the 06 Champions League final, I think the one of the first passes he plays is that pass inside Jungberg and inside the fullback position. Same thing with Salamacus, uh, sorry, same thing with Tonali, start of the um, second half. Beautiful angled ball into the gap for the runner. And I thought, wow, this is almost like, it's the first time actually Milan clicked into gear, at the start mm-hmm. of the second half. And it weirdly felt like both teams in the second half actually found their rhythm. It was so weird to watch the second half where it felt like both teams were actually making passes that were connecting were finding space because even entering the first half, even after going 2-0 up, they still had these moments where they go on the break and jack had the ball, tried to lay off to Lautaro, the angle was wrong and they weren't quite finding their groove. And it felt mm-hmm. like actually the second half of football, weirdly enough.
2: It was really fun to watch. This did, neutral. Do you know what I mean? It, was as yeah.
1: it, it felt like the second half of it felt like quite close to the first half of the uh, Madrid City, actually, in terms of the flow of the game, the balance of the game, I thought, um,
2: yeah, definitely. Yeah. I have, a, I have a question for you, though. Yeah, sure. Which was, do you think Mike Magnon could have done better for the Mikatarian goal?
1: I don't know, because the, the speed the Mikatarian arrives at, and don't forget, he's really good at disguise anyway, right? So he punches it high and central, but he could have put it like, with that body shape, he comes on an angle, right? He doesn't come straight in the middle. He comes in a slight angle, so he could have punched it, let's say, right to left hmm. or bottom right. So he could have gone any one of three directions. Yeah. So it's almost like pick your poison, really. I mean, you felt that he could have done something like better. a
2: one direction cover band. <laughs>
1: pick your poison.
2: No, bro. any one of three directions. <laughs>
1: oh, no. <laughs> I mean, the VP could be pick your poison, then. <clears throat> I'm
2: not being critical. Because you know though. how good because Mike, Mike mean, like, There was that is. replay behind the goal where it yeah. just, the ball goes exactly like, like Mike Menon kind of moves out the way. Mm. And the ball goes exactly where maybe his chest would have been.
1: I always wondered that's disguised, though. Yeah. He's such a good shot stopper, Mike Menon, that you always think, I think I'm always biased towards how someone throwing him an outrageous fake because players that good don't normally fall for. And if you think how generally, he was generally sharp actually in the game. There's one bit in the second half of Macherby, he just catches it. Like mm-hmm. he puts some hot sauce on him, he just catches it. And I'm like, yeah, he's locked in, I think. But still like, this is the stuff that these games turn on, those tiny moments. Yeah. It was funny, only the only thing I laughed at, <laughs> shouldn't laugh at him because it's a great goal, but have, I've never seen a player look more despondent than Henrik Mkhitaryan at the final whistle. Like, as in, not, not, but like game phase was on, like as in, this is absolutely just the semi-final. And Mkhitaryan, think of the journey he's been on. Like he scored obviously in the Europa League final um, when United won. Mm. Brilliant at Dortmund out to this world. One of the best attacks that Dortmund's had in its entire history. And then comes to United, it doesn't work out and then finds his way back through Roma. And for him- Fire Arsenal. Yeah. And, and a lot of people, very dis- that man was disrespected a lot a lot, a lot. He's been through a lot. So I was really glad to see him from that perspective um, get his flowers.
2: Into picking up Dzeko and Mikatari from Roma in back-to-back
1: seasons is very, very strong. Dzeko had, I wouldn't say Dzeko was rapid either, but he looked pretty, he could move a bit. Right. It's not slow.
2: Should we, I mean, anything else from the game itself? Because I think we should talk about Dzeko.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, let's get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, Um, sure.
2: I mean, the head of the second leg like we mentioned Milana got it all to do. Mm. The fitness of Rafa Leal is going to be absolutely key. Yeah, yeah. This is a really good position for Inter to be in because we saw in the second half, like I said, like they kind of did a pretty good job of managing the game even without the ball. Yeah. But apart from the Tenali chance, it didn't feel like Onana had to make a huge amount of saves.
1: You're right, you know, yeah.
2: Uh, I mean, the Tenali one was deflected off the post anyway. Uh, mm. He didn't get a corner for that, which was something yeah. he was really annoyed about. Right, yeah.
1: But yeah, I can't remember there being... Divock Origi was good, by the way. He really made a big difference, I thought, start the second half.
2: Yeah, I mean, Milan only had two shots on target the entire game. Mm. So, all to do
1: yeah. this week. Also, just a quick shout for Bastoni as well, who just... What, lovely player. Yeah.
2: That entire... I mean, that entire into. Lineup played pretty well. I thought. Yeah, I thought so. But let's talk about Edin Dzeko because, yes. let's just say, I, I noticed a lot more mainstream is Edin Dzeko underrated. Talk.
1: <laughs> I mean, what a player though, and just someone who's consistently delivered, Ryan, in all variety of attacks, um, all levels. I mean, won a league title with Wolfsburg. I think he yeah, did which is pretty remarkable, Um, was a key factor in the early um, years of Manchester City's dominance slash modern ascent. Um, Just an excellent finisher, just an excellent finisher and a target man and has really just always been, he's always been that guy, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I think there's something about him keeping Romelu Lukaku out of the side. I know that Lukaku's been starting a lot more recently, but keeping, like being turned to for the Champions League semi-final first leg mm. and putting in a performance like that where he he just looked complete, actually.
1: Yes. Well, the thing about Dzeko is he, I will say this, if you're playing with a team that whether you know the opposition are going to be ball dominant, he's the best choice of the strikers they have. Yeah. Because the ball always sticks. Um, He's extremely, he he uses his body really well. Actually, funny enough, for a guy Lukaku's size, weirdly enough, he doesn't use his size as much as you'd expect. Mm. Lukaku, actually, I characterize Lukaku by his absence, more by his presence. Like, Lukaku disappears very well in the box, and that's why he often gets so many tap-ins. Jekko is a a presence, a conventional presence in the, we mentioned, in the Alan Shearer mold, basically. Mm.
2: Uh,
1: And he does that so well, he gets runners going off him. His build-up play, um, touch players, is excellent. So I think when you start Dzeko, you're almost you're getting ready for a long night because you don't know until the very beginning if um, Liao's going to start. So you want to have someone where the ball is up top and you have the outlet constantly. And he's just so good at that. And he, he could deliver it like that for, he's like a, it's like a cheap emoting type situation, right? You could plug him into any, num- any slot. And the only slight question I have over Dzeko is after leaving City, I'm surprised that there wasn't a bigger auction for what he could do. I'm really surprised that there wasn't a clamour. Roma's an amazing club. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're not. I'm more saying that I expected like five or six huge clubs to go hard after Jekyll and they didn't. Or maybe they did. Maybe they did. But then he was like, I'm living in Rome, dudes. I'm playing in Roma. Like what the hell? My dudes. I'm living in Rome.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was amazing. He was really good. It's really I, Inzaghi's use of or how he's deployed Lukaku and or Dzeko this season. I've, I found really interesting because obviously Lukaku had that he was injured a lot the first half of the mm-hmm. season, and then he, he he started to play games. Mm-hmm. And also Lautaro is just Lautaro. Well, that's seems credit
1: to, to him because he's been on fire.
2: Yeah, Lautaro seems to be not too 1st which one he plays with now.
1: Yeah, he's loving it. But Lautaro's he, he's been great. Difficult World Cup, obviously, as he himself admitted, but around the World Cup, either side of the World Cup, especially afterwards, he's been really, really impressive. And he's the key in the sense that he allows you to play any forward alongside him. But again, credit to Lukaku for accepting that, that position. And if you think about it, you know, you've talked before about coaching, game gaming stages and how the team you end up with, the team mm. you start with, is yeah. not necessarily th- the best one to finish with. Mm. And Lukaku is brilliant against a slightly more broken field where possession is more even where the other team is chasing something and then he's got that space to run into and then he just absolutely thrives. And again, I I thought he was really, really good when Milan had to come out and get something. Whereas we've seen that he does struggle more. There was a particular game, a difficult game he had against City where everything was so tight. And the City players are obviously like, that ball's going to get hammered into feet, make it really tight for him to turn and touch. And that's hard for him. And that's a game which I think maybe Dzeko finds it easier. Mm. But to manage the game in stages like this, it made me think if Inter do come through, they're a difficult proposition. They're a difficult proposition for whoever they face, because they're very there's that Jay-Z lyric, I'm awkward what's that um, the jay lyric I'm awkward, I box lefty. Like into like they kind of box lefty. They're awkward. They've got that back line where you've got Bastoni that can bring it out. You've got those creative players, Barella, Chalanolu, and Mikataria, who don't mind doing the ugly work. You've got Lautaro who can just take you for two goals in five minutes because he's explosive. Dzeko, brilliant finisher with so much strength. Lukaku, really good link-up play, can drop wide, can play as a winger. You've got some quite difficult tools. Also, you've got a team that's won stuff, actually. Mm. And I don't mean like, you know, I know that, you know, Teo Hernandez went to the final, they won Serie A, the World Cup final. I know that, but there's a level of experience that Inter have that makes them kind of, kind of in the tradition, weirdly enough, weirdly in the tradition of the 2010 Inter, in terms of like, we can counterpunch, we've got real goal threat, And we're formidable. If you don't, if you don't turn up, if you don't turn up at more than seventy percent, we'll turn you over. If that makes sense.
2: They've not conceded an away goal in any of the um, knockout ties. Wow. I mean, I know they're playing San Siro, so it's not exactly away, but they didn't concede one at Benfica. They drew nil nil. Which is really impressive, by the way, because Benfica
1: were cooking everyone. Yeah,
2: keeping it drama free. They've been very drama free, and I think this is an interesting thing. That if they do get to the final, no matter who they play. You're gonna to have to beat them. They're not just gonna This is the just, thing. They're not gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna make it easy for
1: you. Um We're gonna look back at that Benfica result as actually quite significant because the, they the were. The two 0 in flying. Lisbon
2: was was big. I mean the the second leg was a little bit wild because it went all yeah. over the place, didn't it? they ended up three yeah. all. Yeah. But it was kinda of, the time was done at that point. Yeah. But yeah, the two 0 in Lisbon was a real like wow.
1: Because I was like, Benfica are very handy, and they were playing with real confidence. They'd absorbed the loss of Enzo Fernandez really well. Yeah, yeah. And they were on a roll, and for that to yeah, happen, Roger
2: Schmidt had them playing amazing stuff. Yeah, yeah, season. yeah.
1: That was a hell of a result. Yeah, it yeah.
2: really was. So um, into looking like the favourites to go through to the final, but you never know with this fixture,
1: right? Like absolutely.
2: It, it legit could be like four two. The next, the next, yeah, game. because
1: when you add Liao, when you add an in inform Liao to the mix, and he was watching Liao was watching that game like he was like, I cannot wait to get in there, yeah, I cannot wait to get there and get involved. And we saw what he does with, with Napoli, I mean, they, they, just, they just blew Napoli away when he was leading them.
2: I mean, the sides that both of these sides have beat to get there have been like they're not the yeah. mouse side.
1: I think no. when, when the energy that that Milan will have, and that's what Inter will have to be ready for, they will be ready they will, they should be, they will be, I think, unrecognisable from the team that started this game. It is a totally different proposition when he leaves the line. Almost to the point where it's kind of, it seems strange that in a team sport, one team can be so galvanised by a single individual, but that's, that's how good, that's how special he is. Yeah, He has them playing without fear. Yeah.
2: Um, should we get out of here? Or I reckon we leave t- it for them to say. Oh, just let's quickly before we go, um, yeah, yeah. Sergio Busquets announced he's not going to extend his contract at Barcelona will leave at the end of the season mm. where he's going to go we don't know also there's a load of rumours circling that Lionel Messi's off to Saudi Arabia mm. so um, we'll wait until both of those are all confirmed in terms of where they're going to go and then we'll chat about those so he, he's
1: definitely leaving then you know Busquets man, is definitely leaving your man Frankie is going to get the keys he's going to get the keys finally wow but wherever Busquets goes can I just say wow <laughs> oh, yeah. wow like, just to think of what Busquets arrival just before, we go, just before we go Busquets arrival at Barcelona well in the Barcelona first team unheralded and then the first couple of games when you really saw what this man was doing no one played I I, I never saw anyone play defence midfield like that No. I'm just a, the risks the as well yeah un, the game. unreal yeah really did yeah, really did,
2: yeah. Uh, we will definitely talk more about Sergio Busquets yes um, when we know where he's going to go we will all right man. Um quite enjoyed these little two
1: like a pod a game. I just I just love, you know, I love I love watching these games and just getting really granular with the detail and Yeah. Especially the Champions League semis where it's just decision making, constant decision making and like confidence and aura.
2: It's a shame we can't do a podcast tomorrow about the main event. What's that? No 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 no.
1: ha, best best of luck to West Ham. Yeah, and to Al opponents maybe the, best, maybe the best team win
2: uh, you'll be on Right's House tomorrow so I go will. check that out, everyone go check out the press for Flow and the Gang check the ringer.com check the Stadio Archers plays on Spotify speaking of which playing out on this is a classic I think I think this goes into classic territory Margot Gurian California Shake this one goes out to the uh, Lakers and the Warriors fans great times that is a seismic series it is absolutely I'm loving it anything you want to add Mr.
1: nothing further
2: alright everyone much love and we'll be back with you on Monday see you then